Coming up on this episode, we begin by discussing David Lynch brand coffee, LED rings for angel eyes, and the beauty of a dumpster fire. Then we get into the week's tech news, including Apple's reinvention of the QR code and Giphy joining the Facebook family. Stick around, it all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 275, recorded May 18th, 2020. Here comes the hot stepper. Here comes the hot stepper. I'm the lyrical gangster. Big up the crew in the area. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and of course you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by two guys who are just overflowing with chuckles. It's Colby and Dan. <laughs> Good evening. Good Hello. evening, sirs. A beautiful day, May 18th. May- here, Have here. you seen the David Lynch uh, weather reports? No, I heard about them. Break, break it down for me. What are we talking about? Do you know who David Lynch is? So David Lynch, uh, director of everyone's favorite weird movie, insert that movie here. David Lynch probably directed it. Uh, also directed Twin Peaks, the TV show that I think I picked on the show at some point. Mm-hmm. And and a very he, funny actor as well. Yeah, he is a. I always forget he's in a lot of his own stuff, and I always forget that it's him because he's like he picks really good roles for himself. So, anyways, if you like that kind of thing look up david lynch on youtube maybe we'll put a thing in the show notes i don't actually know uh he apparently he's been doing these weather reports from his basement for years sporadically like i've seen some as old as like pre-youtube 2005 stuff you can find online and it's always like the same format he says it's whatever time and he's in la he's always in the exact same spot and uh says like oh it's you know maybe it's raining or like there's a chainsaw going one day and he commented on that but otherwise it's pretty chill sometimes the color changes and i was reading on uh, the the twin peaks subreddit that maybe that means something like maybe the fact that like the the videos have been getting increasingly bluer over time means means <laughs> something uh i don't know but it's you know there's not much we have lots of free time and entertainment. Uh, so I would I recommend checking it out. Have you ever seen the uh, the David Lynch coffee commercials? So he has his own line of David Lynch signature cup coffee, and he's directed all of the commercials for the coffee. <laughs> it's very fun. No, yes. no, I did. Oh, this is so cool! I want David Lynch coffee. Yeah, you can you can buy it. It is available for sale. I don't know how good it is, but. Um, yeah, a, a great example of a human being where if you were given any opportunity to do whatever creative project you want, David Lynch, man, give him credit. He's run with it. Yes, he has. David Lynch signature cup. A plus. A, a plus. Espresso. Yeah. Check it out at your local grocer. Uh, what else is, uh, also, yeah. Anyways. David Lynch, I've looked at some of those videos from 2005. He looks exactly the same. He does. He he permanently looks 56 years old. Timeless. It's it's (laughs) as if he's from another time. (laughs) Um, Anyways. Fantastic. uh, 
Here's yes. the other thing I want to bring up. Please uh, do. Before this, we were discussing my terrible lighting situation, which I have noted n- numerous times to myself, but have yet to do anything about it. And someone, Colby, recommended the ring light. So I, I went on Amazon. There's a bajillion different ring lights. That is not a brand name. Uh, I found one, and it lists uh, several uh, benefits that one might get from buying this product. One, a brighter vision. This ringlet can make your visual world more beautiful and glorious. Look nicer when you video with family and friends. With this videos, your images on Instagram and Facebook will be more, more beautiful and charming. It will bring you a good lighting effect when you record YouTube videos. Under the il- illumination of the ring light set, your makeup will be more beautiful and generous. And then scrolling down a bit more. So le- benefit number two, bring you appropriate brightness and color temperature. Number three, clear YouTube video quality. Number four, more charming eyes. When you use our ring light to complete your perfect makeup and take a selfie, you will find that your eyes are full of charm, like the eyes of an angel, which is caused by this light. Packed with, and, then, and then incongruously <laughs> in bullet number four, packed with a universal mobile phone stand supports all sizes of mobile phones. Uh, you know, I, I feel like this product is writing a lot of checks. I'm not convinced it's butt can cash. Now, would you like me to take the Macturm LED light six inch with tripod stand for YouTube video and makeup mini LED camera light with cell phone holder, desktop LED lamp with three light modes and 11 inch brightness six inch challenge? I think you should. You know, there is there is an art to the Amazon product name that, that just never gets old. I think what Joe Panic really sorely needs is a more angelic-eyed Dan. <laughs> well, that's the problem I have with my light, my my like self. I should have gotten a ring. I have my self-made lighting, and it gives me these just epic like airbag-sized bags under my <laughs> eyes, and I look exhausted all the time on these videos. So maybe I maybe you I were exhausted all the time. I mean, <laughs> well, spoiler alert: they're there in reality too. But the point of having the light is so you don't see them. I got to make them. I want to be gorgeous like the ring lights. So maybe that's what I'm missing. It certainly could be. Hmm. I think Dan. I think you should do it, but. You have to bring the light with you everywhere you go. So when you're taking selfies, then you're looking. Oh, you're is looking this good. some sort of like elaborate pun on their part? Because it's, it looks like a halo. Is that where the all the angelic verbiage comes from? Perhaps that's a good marketing gimmick. You just just give it like reflects in your eyes just so. Oh my god! Dan, Dan all of a sudden becomes like an Instagram model. Wow. Okay. So I'm not surprised, but there are a bunch of like websites that are wire cutter, but for streamers and some of these lights that they, there are lights that they recommend that are $800 each. These are like theater lights. But see, that's these, the ring light is exactly the product that I feel like you should just go to like wish or Alibaba and buy for like 30 cents from China. Cause I feel like it's just a bunch of LEDs in a ring. Like how much, how much quality of product do you need other than the fact it turns on? I don't know. I'd want someone to tell me. I, you know, we need some kind of lighting experts. We, as you can see by the video, clearly are not them. Whoa. I think... 
What's mine like? Your your room, once again, Colby, is somewhere between like the afterlife and an operating room in terms <laughs> of just like general white brightness. It's bright in here. <laughs> yeah, that's the, true. The curtains have oh, helped nice. break it up. I will say ooh, that was ooh, a nice addition. I found, I found a light that has Wi-Fi. Yeah, so there necessary. So you can turn it on with your phone. Which it's attached to. While you're not around. (laughs) Outstanding. Um, Yeah. So I, as, as you noted, the, the light in this room is incredibly bright. Um, I bought some light bulbs to change the bulb out. I took like the, I have one of those, like, like it's like those standard Mm. like light fixtures that are everywhere. So I, I, you know, I've changed, changed a bulb in one of those things, like a million and a half times in my life. So I take, I take the thing off and I take it out and there's no bulbs. It's just a huge, like round, like led circuit board. Yeah, they're doing that. I'm kind of pissed about it because I don't want that. I want to customize my bulb situation. It's too bright. Well, I I would say if you're feeling handy, I would think as far as I know, because I've had to replace lighting fixtures in my house. You go to Home Depot and Lowe's, they're like slowly replacing all the all of the overhead lighting with the LED stuff, which I don't care for because you're right. It's too bright. The vast majority of them support dimming. So you may be able to install a dimmer in your wall. Oh. And I just, do have dimmers. And the great thing about the LEDs is they really dim nicely because you can get a nice gradient all the way down. So that might that might be mm. one way to kind of reduce the brightness. Yeah, that's nice. It's still very like I don't like daylight bulb like light, and I feel like this is daylight. Yes, light. <laughs> it, it is. It is very sharp, aggressive. Yeah, but dimmer would be better at least. Can always just take it down and put up a new light, but. That's true, too. Although, like I said, good luck finding one, because honestly, like half of them are now LED and they're slowly moving them all. And it's when, when I went to install the one I bought, I was like, it's literally just like a little plastic disc with a bunch of LEDs glued to it. And I'm like, this is bizarre. Like, I guess like LED lights are supposed are supposed to last like for ages, right? That's why yep. they're just building them into the lights now. That's so annoying. But you can make bulbs, or you can make lighting fixtures that are powered by LED that don't that don't have that effect. It sounds like they're just too cheap to do that. Like you need to have something over the the raw LEDs themselves. Yeah, they're they're usually discount fixtures, you know, because the LED technology has gotten so cheap that that's sort of your twenty dollar, thirty dollar fixture. Hmm. Yeah, alas, I do. So I do have like some like bulbs that I LED bulbs that I got that are nice that are like uh, an appropriate color for nighttime. But what are you going to do? Maybe I'll try and install my dimmers and just see if it works. I tried to like look up the fixture and I couldn't figure it out. So yeah, give it a shot. You're you're an owner now. You get full control, buddy. Worst case, and burn the building down. That uh, collect that sweet insurance money. Touching, touching. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't, don't do uh, that. Did you guys see my Instagram post the other day? Speaking of burning the building down, 
Yes, you're, I, you've you've word from a lot of exotic locales throughout Boston. <laughs> is that what you're referring to? No, the the I'm referring to my my real life dumpster fire. Oh, right. I did yeah. see that. Col- Col- Colby's life took on literal meaning the other day. Uh, yeah, I I mean, dumpster fires are things that people talk about all the time, but almost exclusively in metaphor. Uh, and, and yesterday I was uh, not yesterday, like last week sometime I was working at my at my kitchen counter and I smelled smoke and it was weird. And I like looked out the window and it was like smoky out there. And I was concerned the building was burning down. The fire alarm had not gone off, but I've never heard the fire alarm in here, so I don't know what it what happens when it does go <laughs> off. So I look I look out the back, and there are just like clouds of smoke coming up from the dumpster, and I can see flames. And there are two people who, as far as I can tell, were like plumbers or something. Like there was a plumber's truck in the parking lot, like frantically running around. Like one of them ran into the building and got a fire extinguisher and came out and tried to put it out. And the other one like called the fire department. (laughs) I don't know. uh, That's awesome. Yeah. The fire department came, they drove their truck behind the building and, and they (laughs) squirted it out, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I'm not a big uh, meme guy at work. Like, I'm not the guy who, like puts like funny things in emails like that. But I do have two saved images on my hard drive that are my go to's for like meme esque responses. And one is a picture of a dumpster on fire. And one is the uh, Liz Lemon epic eye roll where it's <laughs> where the eyes are all the way up. And it's just like, that's my eye roll sort of. And those are my, my main two I go to. Nice. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, that's exciting. Yep, all kinds of things happening in my life now that I don't leave the house. <laughs> well, that's you know, you guys have have been home longer than a lot of people even because you guys started pretty early working from home. It's got to be approaching ten weeks almost for you guys, give or take. Yep, one summer break. Uh, did you see that? Yeah, in New York, we've been in quarantine for as long as summer vacation was when we were in high school. Wow. Wow. 20% of the year. It's crazy to think about. And so, you know, states are starting to to reopen. We saw Massachusetts put out some guidelines today. uh, New York's been putting out some guidelines as well. Uh, My question for you guys is, is, are you going to be heading back to the office soon? And this conversation has come three times today. Oh, uh, which is not—I'm not done thinking. I'm not like done talking about it. I've just—it everyone's has the same thought. I—I've been hearing it like crazy too. It's the only thing to talk about. I here's my point, and I—I I have made this argument in a professional context, so I'm—I'm well versed in it. We still do not actually know when we can go back. Right. Okay. So that's step one. We don't know anything. Step two, uh, even when it is in New York, even when you are allowed to go back, how will you get there? Uh, Taking this, like, it seems almost certain that the time by which we are allowed to go back and the time by which it would be safe to be stuck in, remember, stuck in a subway car, Possibly for hours, depending on if something terrible goes wrong. Those two times can be very different. 
so then what do you do? So I, you know, if you may, I don't actually know what's going to happen. Uh, more and more companies, even like law firms, are talking about this. Like, how? Oh, how? Hmm. Even if it is legal to go back, how do people actually get to the office if we can't take the subway? It's like, yeah, how do you do that? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, like, one thing that could happen is, like, I think if, if New York was really worried about this, they would just close down all the streets and be like, hey, yep, you can get in. If you're in New York, you can bike where you got to go. Uh, mm. Some streets will be open to cars, but that's it because, like, people can't take the subway. I don't think they're going to do that. So I think that people will still be working from home through September would be my guess. Yeah. I personally expect to be working from home indefinitely. I don't know. Yeah, that was my question because, you know, we've seen a lot of companies come out. Twitter, Square both came out and said they're kind of going permanently work from home. Google and Facebook said at least through the end of the year it's going to be work from home. My question for you guys is, you know, um, I will be going back to work probably within the next two weeks. Um, but I have a job where I have to be in the office. So my question for you guys is, would you want to permanently work from home now that you've experienced 10 weeks of, of the thrill? I feel like I could be down for going into the office like one day a week or like two days a week, maybe if I didn't actually like I would go in, I would just bike in like, I'm not going to take the tea. I I can't see myself taking the tea again in 2020. Just seems like a bad idea. I don't know. But then I don't know. I've I've grown pretty accustomed to to the lifestyle that yeah. I've been leading, so like I don't know. And this was always a thing that I like hypothesized that I would like doing, but I was too scared to actually to take the plunge and just do it. But now I've been we've been forced to. And it wasn't so bad. It was weird for a couple of weeks, but now it's like normal. I think that I uh, so I like I think once for me, uh working from home has uh shown me several advantages that I wouldn't have realized how much easier it is to cook when you're working from home Mm -hmm. yeah uh i you know this doesn't really apply to me but people who have long conference calls this might apply to you sean uh does that apply to you it's fun no it's just funny to me that you mentioned that because literally during a call today i made chicken noodle soup so exactly (laughs) that was great i didn't think about that because i don't have conference calls but uh, yeah, Lena was like, "Oh, yeah. I do a lot of stuff. I do laundry. I do a lot of laundry, stuff while I'm cooking." I almost play. last week I you, almost tried I, to mow the lawn during a call, and I said, "That's <laughs> too far. I cannot get away with that." But I thought about it. I don't know, man. The uh, the noise canceling on the those AirPods are pretty good. Like, <laughs> well, that, well, that's the thing. You know, the magic of the mute button. But the trick is, you got to be that fast finger when someone's like, "Uh, Sean," and you're like running to unmute your phones and my phones in my pocket i'm like shit shit i feel like that's that's a that's a problem ai needs to solve for us it's like knowing when you've been addressed in a meeting well i honestly it's we have the technology to me it's simple it's the same alexa hey siri technology where i just say unmute and it knows what that word means and it just unmutes itself when when is that technology mm-hmm. coming 
What are they waiting for? Uh, you know, it's it's. But, but I <laughs> but I actually truthfully have been having an issue. Uh, my AirPods are officially headed over the hill. Um, they've they've they're they've stopped holding a charge, so they work for about forty minutes, and then I put them in the charger, and then somehow they're at a hundred percent in like seven minutes, which doesn't make any sense. And so I think they're lying to me. Um, and so I'm I'm waiting. The rumor is Apple's going to announce some new ones in the next month or two, and I'll probably have to have to mm-hmm. upgrade i use them too much not to yeah they're pretty nice i do use them a lot now that i have them well and they're nice now that i have the mac because i connect them to the mac and do calls and stuff as well so um i i definitely have gotten my money's worth out of them but you know they're three four years old they're not really supposed to last longer than that yeah oh well, yeah i guess that's true unfortunately man but I, AirPods. like I said, I'm going back to work in a couple weeks. We'll have wellness checks every day. They're going to check my temperature and ask me if I'm sick, and I have to get like a wristband to prove I was checked before going into the office. It's a whole thing. Wow. Yeah. How do you get checked before you go into the office? So there's there's literally a, a tent outside, and the first thing I can't go to the office. I have to go to the tent first, and they're going to have medical people there, and they'll. They'll take my temperature and they'll assess me and ask me tough questions like, have you been outside the country or on a cruise recently? Or have you been near anyone who has COVID-19 or other really tough questions? Uh, And then if I pass, I I get the wristband. And if I fail, I get sent home. Mm. So how how do you feel about going back to the office? You You know, uh, we have to wear masks in the office. Um, You know, it's very it's very odd to me because I've never worked from home this long. Uh, and I've never really had even a part-time work from home job. I, you know, I like some aspects of it. I think if, if you said to me, Sean, you're going back to the office, but everything is exactly the way it was before. I think I'd be a little more jazzed about it. I'm not excited for the masks and the wellness checks and having to be careful about touching doors and hand sanitizing all the time. That's what really bums me out. I actually go, I wouldn't want a full-time work from home job. And, and, and I said that before coronavirus and doing it for eight weeks or whatever I've done it for has convinced me even more that I don't want a full-time work from home job. I would do like a part-time work from home. I would not do a full-time work from home job. So um, I'm a little excited to get back, but I'm not excited about the shenanigans and the hassle. And then, you know, the first, all it takes is one person in the building to get Corona and then we all get sent home again. And it's, you know, who, who knows? That's, that's going to be an interesting challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that is, that is just what life, life is going to be for some time. Right. You know, that's, that's it. But, but it's true that, you know, I have been doing my job from home. I mean, that's, that's what I think is, is going to be weird moving forward is obviously you guys can do your jobs from home because the types of jobs you do, but there are a lot of people who didn't realize they could do their jobs from home who now realize they can. (laughs) Yes. And how do you get them to come back? Yes. And that's the, the, uh, interesting long-term possible effect is like a lot of people who manage businesses budgets and things have suddenly realized that <laughs> jobs can be done from home and like turns out real estate is pretty expensive especially in expensive places but even everywhere right like real estate is a i have bad. not heard anyone among the traditional businesses make that argument though which i think is stupid 
but they seem way more concerned. Like uh, today, I was hearing from someone who was like, who was told that one of the reasons that they are not setting a date further out for when people return to the office is because they don't want people to move too far away. It's like, but why? And it's like, and then when you when you start to interrogate that, it comes down to this like, oh, because we don't trust you. Like right. this isn't about saving mm-hmm. money. This isn't about productivity. It's because we we don't trust you to do your job, even though we probably have either some, some tangible either evidence of your job. Being we done. have no idea if we're succeeding or not, or we have evidence at this point to say whether or not we can trust our employees who are from home. You either live in one of those two worlds. Um, Amazing. So uh, yeah, like you know the like places like Sean's company, like my mom's company. Like I don't think they're thinking about. No. I don't think that even enters their mind. And they'd be like, oh, like maybe we wouldn't have to hire a cleaning staff and we wouldn't have to do this. We wouldn't have to do that. We wouldn't have to get like the, you know, the fire marshal to inspect these other spaces. Like, I don't, it doesn't even enter their mind that that's possible. No, I, I, I've spent a lot of, and I won't get into any detailed conversations, but I've spent, I've actually spent a lot of time with my company's president uh, and our head of HR during this. And we're a $350 million manufacturing company. And, they want people back on site simply to have them back on site. I mean, I mean, it's a psychological thing more than a financial thing or, or anything else. I mean, I'm one door away from the warehouse and the factory, and there is something to be said for a company that operates like that. What's interesting for me is the employees, um, because I don't think the drive to have people working from home is going to come from management. It's going to come from employees, and at what point? Do they become a loud enough voice and the technology works well enough that they actually have the influence to do something about that? Um, and I think when you look at how all, you know, the, the number one thing I hear from my employees and the people who work at the company is, you know, when you have all these states approaching it differently and there's no one standard, that is very easy to question what's going on. Why do we need to go back? Uh, you know, South Dakota isn't making their people go back. I'm just making that up. But you know, it's easy to point and say what they're doing is wrong, whether or not it actually is. And so that's, I think years from now, how different will it be? I don't know. But I, I think you're right, Dan, in the short term, um, it's going to be really interesting to see how that push and pull from employees and employers uh, shakes out, especially depending on the, the different types of companies. So I don't know, but I think things have changed. That's that's for sure. It's It's going to be different. I think I think there was a study from some university or some think tank where they said like, 34% of the U.S. adult population can work from home based on their jobs. I mean, that's huge. What percentage of people you think actually were working from home on January 1st of this year? What wasn't, <laughs> wasn't 34%? Right. So. No. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we've done enough trying to solve all the world's problems. So uh, why don't we uh, talk a little bit about some tech news? And we have a handful of stories, not a ton going on this past week, but that's okay. Still some stuff to talk about. While you guys look at that, I want to thank everybody who is joining us live right now at facebook.com slash don't panic show. Monday night's about 10, 15 Eastern. You can join us there, Zach Friss. Uh, I know, big fan of the show. We got to send him like a t-shirt or something. Uh, has been hanging out with us in the chat. If you've got some question to ask us, make sure you put it there. I apologize because there is a lag that I've not figured out how to solve. So we don't always catch all the comments, but we do read them and it, and it warms <laughs> our hearts. It makes us feel good. Um, so let's see here. What would you guys like to talk about first? Tab groups. 
Tab, I knew it right away. This is, <laughs> you know, we have stories that end up in our in our Slack chat. Not too many, but this this was a hot one in the Don't Panic Slack this week. Uh, Google is adding a new tab grouping feature to Chrome. Um, it's uh, available now in the latest Chrome beta, and we'll be rolling out more broadly to the desktop versions next week. Um, you can make a group by right-clicking on one tab and assigning it a custom name and color. Then you'll see the color of the group under all of the tabs included in that group. You can also drag tabs from group to group if you want to change how they're organized. I will put up a picture on the screen for the people watching the video so you get a little bit of an idea of what it's going to look like. Uh, before we talk about this feature, I do want to talk to you guys a bit because I'm very particular when it comes to tabs. And I am an absolute close it the second you don't need it anymore. I will open the same website a hundred times in a hundred new tabs rather than leave it open. Because when I see people's computers and they have like 30 tabs open, it drives me, my computer's going really slow today. And it's like, cause you have a hundred tabs open. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, how, how, how do you guys approach tabs? Are you, are you pro lots of tabs? Are you trying to be tab minimal? I have no tabs. I spend like, like 20% of my day closing tabs. <laughs> <laughs> I the thing I don't understand is like when people like in Chrome they have so many tabs that every single tab on their computer has been minimized down to just the icon yes. and no page title and like 16 of them are like the same like it's like Jira or something and they can't find anything like they know they have something open, so they look through like six hundred tabs to like find some open thing. It just blows my mind. I don't. I don't know how they they don't just declare tab bankruptcy. And <laughs> I know that there are some people who treat their tabs as like a reading list, right? To do list even. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's when it gets crazy for me is when they have the multiple tabs in multiple windows. Then you're at a whole nother level of insane where it's like, dude, you have like six tabs open, close them. And they close it and then there's like a window behind it with like 38 tabs. And you're like, buddy, buddy, you need help. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think I'm somewhere in between. Like I will definitely when I'm in the zone, like I won't try. What I won't try to do is I will not try to search for a tab like I've come with the same website open multiple times by the end of the day. But but at the end of the day, or certainly the next morning, I will look at it and be like, what the hell is all this? Like, I have no, like, it's like when you look at something you wrote, like, the next day, you say, who wrote this? And I'm like, what? who was Googling these things? I don't remember Googling any of this stuff. And close, 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 close. And then, and, you know, inevitably throughout the day, I'm like, oh, right, that's why I had that page open because I was doing this thing. I totally forgot that I was even doing that thing. But I, I don't feel like bad that I wasted those bits by uh, on my on my bandwidth by re re uh, re opening the page. So I, I feel like I'm somewhere in between. There, there are times where I have lots of tabs, and there are times when I, I feel really good about myself and I have very few. But I don't attach, I don't feel bad about myself when I have too many. And I would never think to organize them because the very fact, like, the very fact that I have a lot of tabs implies that I am being disorganized. Like, what I should probably do is, what would be cool, here would be a good feature, I think, is being able to tie tabs together in a way, but also apply some, like, you know, set yourself a note. Like, what is this? Why do I have this open? Like, at the end of the day, like, you're preserving your workspace. It, 
at least for me, my tabs are often like a stream of consciousness thing. I'm like, okay, why why did I Google like this particular thing? And mm-hmm. then I opened this page and I kept all these results open. Was I searching for something? That would be cool. But I don't need like permanent categorizations. All my tab categorizations are ephemeral. Like there's never... I never want to have like, oh, this is the page where I have all of my project management stuff open. I was like, no, I, I don't need to have all my project management stuff open all the time. And I haven't used this, so I don't know how it works. But Yeah, that's uh, uh, Zach in the chat writes, uh, tabs are very much his to-do list. Uh, he's more happy about being able to group tabs to move between windows instead of one at a time. Oh, uh, interesting. Which I, which I get, and I, you know, that that makes sense. I feel like... I'm way too lazy to ever use this feature. Like, I, I just, I will not go through the effort of, like, right... I know it's it's not a lot, but, like, right-clicking, add to tab group. Like, I don't know if there's a... If you can, like, hover one tab over another tab and it adds it to a group or something like that. I Like you said, Dan, we haven't tried it. But I do think this is um, a great way to, um, to put projects to the side. Because for me, it's it's... I want to group the tabs, but then I want the tabs to go away. And it doesn't sound like that's what this does. It just groups them within that that sort of tab ribbon. But I want to be able to group them and then like right click and be like hide this group. And then it just mm-hmm. sits somewhere not in the window. That that is exciting to me. Yeah, the even moving tabs between windows, I would never think to do sometimes I I have two windows open to do side-by-side web pages, and then I'll, I'll move tabs between them, but I never think, like, oh, this tab belongs in this window. I think I I only end up with multiple windows by accident. When, I, when, I, when I'm doing side-by-side, then I, I forget, and I, like, alt-tab out of there, and then later on I have, like, oh, crap, like, that's right, there's this whole other window. And then I have even more tabs open, yep. which I forgot about. <laughs> So that that's interesting. Maybe it's a a, a brain wiring thing. I, I think that'd be a really interesting study if someone could do it. Tab behaviors, how they yeah. correspond to other things. I f- I feel like I do like I could see this being useful for like sort of like medium term things that I'm working on, like. Not, I don't know. I feel like a thing I do is like, I'm trying to figure something out. So I'll like do a bunch of Googling and like open a bunch of pages and like read some things. And usually like, usually I finish what I'm doing and get rid of all the tasks. But like sometimes you get interrupted or you have to go to a meeting or something Mm -hmm. and like, you're not done. And what I do as a person who like, doesn't like having tabs open, I'll just close everything. Uh, and then I'll start over. Like when I get oh finally get back to the thing, I'll start over. I'll like look back in my browser history for the things, the things that I needed. Uh, or if there are relevant things, I'll save them in my like bookmarking thing. But like, what would be nice if I could just say like, it might be nice if I could just say like, okay, I have these six tabs open. Like, let's like put those, file those away in a thing that I'm going to address in the very near future. And then delete and never care about again. Like, I don't want to spend a lot of time, like, you know, customizing my artisanal, like, 
tab categories. That seems useless to me. But like short short to medium term groups of things that I can recall. You, Maybe you want, that's you, what I need. I need tab history. Like I just need a history of like tabs that were open at a given time. This is this. Does think. it? That's what I. That's it it does, but I don't know if you can do it for like multiple tabs all at the same time. I if you, I think if you close a window, you can tell Chrome to reopen everything that was in that window. Oh yeah, like uh, that's Shift Command T reopens all the tabs <laughs> that you just closed. <laughs> okay, see, so you know about that's, that. Yeah, that's useful when you accidentally quit Chrome or like your browser crashes or yeah. something, or you like accidentally hit Shift Command W, which closes all the tabs. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like you know what you what you're talking. You need you need an archive button essentially. It's like archive this window and put yeah. it in a list somewhere. A big red button you can slam but, and say archive right. it. Here's the other thing though. Now that I'm thinking about it more, I don't even want to press an archive button. I just want that information to be there for me when I need it. Oh, like, so you I want to so you want like a timeline and you're like, all right, go back to like nine twenty six a.m. <laughs> right. What was I doing? Right. <laughs> now that's an idea. It, what was I doing at eleven o'clock? And like, boom, you had all these tabs open. Like, take me back there. Like, that's where I want to be. I want to get back there. Now, hmm, I feel like I feel like this exists. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep poking around. We should we should move on. All right. Well, well, Dan solves that. Uh, important problem. We can move on to some more news here in the rundown, gentlemen. We've got time for another story. Uh, we've got some iOS 14 rumors, Facebook avatars, Uber and Grubhub, Giphy, what, what's, or just other things in life. I nominate Colby as the chooser. <laughs> Wow, they're such such awesome stories. We're just jumping right on them. Oh damn, Uber Grubhub. Oh yeah, Facebook and Giphy. What are they gonna do with Giphy? Oh well, there you go. That's a great question, Colby. Uh, Facebook announced uh, on Friday that it is acquiring, uh, as this article puts it, the animated picture platform Giphy. Okay. Um, <laughs> The deal is valued at roughly $400 million. Uh, it's planning to further integrate Giphy into the Instagram app so people, quote, so people can find just the right way to express themselves. Um, Giphy will continue to operate its full library, and Facebook has said at least for now it will continue to have its API. Um, that's important because Giphy has sort of become the GIF backbone of the internet. Companies like Slack and Twitter have built Giphy into their app. Apple also uses Giphy images for its GIFs feature in iMessage, and I know I don't call it a GIF, it's a GIF. But okay. Um, Instagram has said in a tweet that third parties will still be allowed to use it for the time being. Um, according to Facebook, uh, about 50% of Giphy's traffic uh, has come from properties owned by Facebook. So um, there you go. Uh, there's also been some rumors that um, the government may get involved in this acquisition a little bit. Um, I, I've heard it. I've heard it. That seems so, like, why this one? Because Giphy does power an API that's used across all of these apps, is it reducing competition for Facebook to own it and make it exclusive to Facebook? Mm. Is that what they're going to do? They're going to make it exclusive to Facebook? They haven't said it, but that's, you know, they the, the deal has to be approved, <laughs> and what they'll do is they, they'll say in the deal you can't 
depreciate the API for so many years or something like, you know, they, they, they may do that. I don't think they'll like reject it outright, but it's potential. They may do that. Mm. Yeah. It's like how Gimlet isn't doing Spotify exclusive podcasts. They yeah. definitely aren't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was uh, the NBC uh, Universal. Wait, are they actually doing it? I don't understand. They've started doing like. They're they're sliding down the slippery slope. Mm-hmm. But say more. I, I, I have not been following this. What does it mean? What does it mean to slide down the slippery slope? <laughs> They've started doing like. Um, like Patreon-esque stuff that you can only listen to on Spotify and like they've do they they're doing like pre like things come out on Spotify before they they hit the regular feed or like a whole season of something is released on Spotify and like just like trickles out in the regular podcast world. Interesting. I did not realize this. <laughs> Rolls the eyes. But alas. Um. Yeah, weird. I feel like uh, Giphy is a thing that I've used at least once a week, and I've used it, I don't know, as long as I can remember. Like, I don't remember a time when it didn't exist. Do you? Did uh, it exist in college? I think it did. Uh, I oh. think it was just getting started. Yeah, I think, because I remember... It was founded in 2013. Yeah, we spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time in college looking up GIFs on Google image search and then filtering by the GIF image type. Mm. That used to be the way it worked. Yeah, that's true. Now, what's kind of sad is when you think about it, for for Giphy, like Giphy was as successful as far as I can tell as they could have possibly been. Right. If they're integrated into Facebook and iMessage, and other things, uh, that's how much of the market is that. It's huge. It's a huge number of like social sharing things, Slack that, that are happening, and they still could be an independent company. So like, yeah, yeah, that's, they, that's all. They had raised <laughs> about a hundred and fifty million dollar in fu- million dollars in funding since their inception. Seems like a lot. Huh. Yep. So there you go. Tell me about these iOS uh, 14 rumors. Yeah, uh, just one rumor. But uh, obviously we'll we'll know more when WWDC comes around next month. But uh, a TechCrunch reporter, Josh Constantine, uh, has rummaged around in the code where you find all those great Apple leaks. uh, That there may be a new AR... QR codes. ARQR. Exactly. <laughs> R-Cure. Um, <laughs> in the files he found, the app was called Gobi, G-O-B-I. Don't know if that's a code name or what. Um, but what it does is it actually uh, generates and then can read QR codes, both uh, more traditional looking QR codes and some newly designed sort of Apple inspired QR codes. Um the files in Gobi included QR codes that opened the Mac Pro and Apple Watch websites, Star Wars, Rogue One movie in the iTunes store. Um, code in the files also apparently suggests that the Gobi app could use location data to let customers claim discounts at certain Starbucks store. Um, and you can see uh, in this article, I'll put it up on the screen here, some example of what those Gobi codes could uh, could look like. 
obviously your more traditional square ones, but also your cosmic sort of the round ones are sort of the. Uh, the cosmic one looks pretty cool. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It looks less dorky than most QR codes. <laughs> yeah, they're, you know, they're decent looking. Isn't there something like that has a wacky Apple QR code? Isn't it like when you get your Apple Watch, isn't there some weird thing that you scan yes. on your phone? Yep. Yep. Some crazy That's globe. Cool. Yeah, that one doesn't work. That's what it does. It's swooshing around. <laughs> That's cool. Now, where did QR codes originate from? Uh, the QR region of China. <laughs> Close. Uh, the Japanese auto industry. Uh. Its purpose was to trap vehicles during manufacturing. It was designed to allow high-speed component scanning. Neat. That's cool. Uh, in this Wikipedia article, during the month of June 2011... I was just reading that. Uh, 14 million American mobile users scanned a QR code. Uh, 58% of those users scanned a QR or barcode from their homes, while 39% scanned it from retail stores. Funerary use. Japan. Uh, this company in Japan began to sell tombstones with the QR codes. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Do you think... Like the QR codes that exist today will be scannable forever. You know, some of them are just URLs or almost all of them. Well, that's no, but I I mean, like, well, will cameras like right, like your iPhone camera can now read a QR code. Like, will that be the case for until the end of time? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I like I, I, I fully I, I'm sure it's the case that like 68 percent of QR codes in the world today link to something that doesn't that like 404. Is. Right. Do, do you think it'll be like hieroglyphics from the ancient Egyptians where we like we think we can read them, but the you know, in future generations, they're not going to understand what they mean. Right. Probably. Well, it seems like one of those things where it would be easy for anyone to make an app to read them even if like the OS is drop it sure that's true I mean we still use barcodes and those are hella old yeah remember the uh, what was that thing called the cat, cat the Q uh, the Q cat are you talking the about Q the cat. Q cat hell yeah I am I remember reading about that way back in the day because someone had they're like, oh yeah, if you get one of these QCats, which you can just get for free, uh, then you can like make your own library in your house and and put barcodes on all your books and make a library checkout system. And I was like, that sounds so cool. How do I get one of these free things? But the the article was already six years old, and you couldn't get them anymore. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. original idea was that you would like get a magazine, and an ad in the magazine would have a QCat. Q, which is really just a barcode, um, and you would scan it and be like, oh, I want to buy this thing in the magazine. <sighs> Buying things from magazines. It's the future. Yeah, it clearly worked out. We all have our QCAT sitting on our desks, don't we? <laughs> Got mine right here. And our phones. It was, it was ahead of its time. 
Something like that. Time Magazine listed it as number five in their list of the 50 worst inventions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. In June 2005, a liquidator offered two million QCATs for sale at 30 cents each. So I don't know if you can still get them. And will they read Apple's new QR codes? <laughs> I don't think so. No, you're not optimistic. That does seem like some stupid project you'd see where like I adapted the QCAT to read, you know, Nintendo Switch friend codes. And you're like that. Yeah, you can get one now for like 10 bucks on, on eBay. Someone's got to take the QCAT challenge anyway. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I don't have any... You know, I, I shit on QR codes a lot. I, I don't really have a problem with them. They're fine. I, I, I don't think anyone should try and act like they're particularly cool or useful, but, you know. Well, they totally shits on them. <laughs> on QR codes? Yeah. I, think I don't know if fine. you still do. I, I remember back in college, you thought those were, things were so stupid. They you, were so stupid. They made you angry. Yeah, well, like, it wasn't useful if you had to do anything to use them. But now, like... They they weren't useful until it was built into the camera app of the phone. Like right. any world in which you have to have a special app to read a QR code, it's it's useless. But like now it's fine. I think the problem I had with QR codes was when they slapped them on everything and was yeah. like, oh, you know, view a view, uh, viewer, you know, it's like a box of soup. And you're like, oh, uh, scan this QR code to get a soup recipe. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. You know, I get it where it's like, you know, scan here to register your product or to, you know, there are pay with QR code like that makes sense. It was just the over you know, like every poster on the wall would have one. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. stand here and scan. <laughs> that was a thing. I remember that. You know, that, yeah, that bummed I, me out. Right. I feel like they are nowhere near as ubiquitous as some people thought they would be, but many of the places they're deployed now are like, it's actually pretty helpful. Yep. I agree. Like connecting your one passwords. Oh my God. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Couldn't be any better. That's true. Yeah. Yep. So we'll see iOS 14 hopefully coming in another month or so with a bunch of fun new stuff. We'll see. Um, Alrighty. Well, let's move on because it's that time to picks. It's the part of the show where we talk about uh, some of the stuff we want to share. And I haven't picked anything yet for tonight. So I'm going to go last uh, and I'm going to make Colby go first because I'm very curious what he has here. (laughs) Me too. All right, so in working from home, like I finally I figured out my audio video woes with this monitor. Uh, as you may have noticed, I'm standing here at my desk, but I my video has not kind of cut out a single time. <laughs> um, what were those problems? I had a like I had so. I have this this d- cinema display, which is Thunderbolt connected to my computer. Mm-hmm. However, I also had a like I have like a Thunderbolt like USB 
dock thing that was Thunderbolt connected to the cinema display. And I think what was happening is it was like getting it would get confused about like which Thunderbolt was like the out or the in and like the computer would just freak out. So just unplugging the dock thing solved all the problems, Mm. which is on the one hand kind of sucks because it would be nice to have some extra USB ports, but like I'll take, I'll take the monitor and not shutting off. But in any case, a thing I noticed now that I've started to use the monitor, it was incredibly dirty. So dirty. So I purchased some, microfiber wipey cloths for electronics on Amazon and I wiped it down and it was like cleaner but it was still pretty dirty and I googled online I was like I feel like there must be an easy solution to to this I googled oh like household like screen cleaner and the the first thing it wasn't even a link it was the thing Google does where it like lets you peek into the top top results it was just like oh like half vinegar half water you just like spray it on a cloth and wipe down your monitor totally works it didn't like corrode my screen or anything and now uh i'm seeing the two of you in 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 a in detail that i i I don't (laughs) Don't care for (laughs) i wouldn't say it's unpleasant but it's real (laughs) all right that's cool but yeah it's pretty easy I like it. It's there for you if you need it. Good to know. Colby's secret recipe that he found publicly online. Uh, Sweet. All righty. Well, that's a good tip. Uh, Let's move on to Dan, who maybe for the first time in the history of the show has picked something that, despite me reading through the page about four times, I don't know what it is. So... Um, oh wow really that's a real failure on their part that's because i have a it, it must not be that hard but they use a lot of terms i don't know and it's just like this cylinder thing so and i don't know why i want it so dan what uh what'd you pick all right so i picked the unified dream machine it's a wi-fi router oh well they should just say that <laughs> it is it is a extremely fancy very high-end wi-fi router uh it is super fast it does all all things that every other Wi-Fi router does. Uh, here are the things that uh, make it better than a regular Wi-Fi router. Number one, uh, graphs, 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 graphs. If you can graph anything by anything. You can graph like usage by client. You can graph website by client. You can graph protocol by client. Uh, you can graph traffic. You can graph the how much CPU the router itself is using. Uh, it's crazy. Number two, uh, it allows like really advanced network stuff. So this might be possible on some routers. Uh, also, the dashboard is just really good. Uh, right now, like it shows me a network, uh, a map of my network. I can see that I'm sending, uh, I'm pulling down 3.5 megabits per second. I could drill in and see exactly which device is doing that. Uh, and the, the dashboard is not super, like, it is super nerdy, but it's well-designed. Hmm. You can see everything you need to see. A, a bunch of small, I, I, it also does the thing, have you ever tried to optimize your Wi-Fi so that you get the right channel that has, like, the least interference and stuff? Absolutely not. It does that for you. So you can <laughs> see, like, hey, which channels are you broadcasting on for 2.4 oh, gigahertz shit. and 5 gigahertz, and how many other Wi-Fi routers around you are broadcasting on each? Maybe you should change it. It just tells you that stuff. Uh, 
so oh right advanced network stuff so you can do things like what i did where i put all of my internet of things stuff on their own network that and you can say allow stuff on this network to to initiate uh no to uh so you can say hey here's a, a wi-fi uh ssid all of my alexas and apple tvs and stuff connect to it by default block everything allow outbound connections to the internet and inbound connections from the internet uh, and and that's it. So what you've ended up doing is creating a separate network. Oh, and then you can say, allow connections from my main network into this network, but not the other way around. So you've created, you can do all the same stuff. You can AirPlay, you can do Spotify connect to your Alexa, but those devices can't talk to other stuff on your network, which is like more secure because what if, you know, they were compromised. You can do things like, if you have the pie hole, my previous uh, pick, you can say, hey, block all DNS traffic except DNS traffic to my pie hole's IP address. So even if, like, I've noticed that Alexas are hard-coded to use, hi, Alexa, I can see you right there, uh, hard-coded to use specific uh, DNS. Mm, I don't know that one. Yeah, DNS things if, uh, if yours doesn't respond. So you can prevent them from doing that, which is not important, but it's cool. Point three. Oh, my God. If you buy into this unified lifestyle, uh, they have a bunch of other products that all just work together. So, for example, I bought a switch, basically a Ethernet port extender. So I can just run one Ethernet cable to the other room and then have a bunch of stuff under the TV connected. You plug stuff into the, the Dream Machine and it... It all just configures itself. It all just automatically shows up in the same dashboard. You can configure things on that switch to be like, if I plug something into the switch, that's actually like in this network and not this other one. You can add more access points, either wirelessly or wired, and they all just show up. No configuration necessary. Uh, super cool. If you're in the in the in the uh, market for a really overpowered, tricked out router. I did a lot of research. I think this is the, now you could go even crazier and I, I'm not, I don't have time to get into this. Uh, I think this is, if you want to go super nerdy, this is the best bang for your buck if you don't want to set up an actual network rack in your house. So uh, I may still be looking, if I'm understanding this correctly, Dan, does this mean I can like pay you to be my ISP now? Like I'm, well, that is another cool thing you can do with this. So say that you have uh, parents or something or a business that you like help out with. All of these routers enable, like you you sign up with your Unify account and if you configure your router with that Unify account, you can access your router from over the internet. So if like your parents or someone is like, hey, the internet's not working, you can like, is the router up? If the router's not up, then the internet is not working. Uh, if the router is up, then you can like go in and see, oh, are, how, how many, I can see how many times have people tried to authenticate to the wireless and failed. I can see, like, it tells me if DNS queries are taking a long time. Uh, it's pretty cool. It might be easier. Dan, I, I don't, 
you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very supportive of everybody's hobbies. So I think it's wonderful uh, that you're doing this. Okay. More power to you, buddy. I, I don't understand it. It's very confusing, but I think it's wonderful. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm scrolling through some of their other products and there, there are some, some, it's intense, crazy things. Yeah. How do I, is it possible in Skype just to share one window? I don't know. I guess not. All right. Here, I'll... Can you see my screen? The, yeah. the classic refrain? All right, so here's my dashboard. Uh, I can see... So it's also it runs speed tests occasionally, so it tells... It knows how much bandwidth I have, and it gives me a graph of, like, oh. how... Oh, like, no. Usage. Uh, it's constantly pinging things, so you can see if you get latency. Apparently, my latency went up at some point today. Uh see what else statistics you can see all of this stuff and you can go into like different you can see each port each port on your router and how much uh traffic it used you can get this cool map of all the stuff in your in your place uh yeah it's pretty cool very cool dan thanks i i, I was mostly distracted by how many tabs you had open but also <laughs> This no, is all I'm just from kidding. this show. I'm just kidding. I can't. No, it's not. Um, yeah, the Unified Dream Machine. Check it out. And if you need help setting up your uh, Wi-Fi at home, at Jazz Dan on Twitter, uh, <laughs> pl please let him know. He's a pro now. Um, well, since you shared something really intelligent, I have to share something dumb and stupid. I try not to pick stuff to watch on the show because I feel like that's like the safety blanket sort of break break glass type thing. But I didn't have anything else to pick, and I did enjoy this. So um, Solar Opposites is a series that premiered on Hulu a couple weeks ago. Um, it's by Justin Roiland, who's the Rick and Morty guy. But what's nice about this is it is much simpler than Rick and Morty. Uh, it is it is much more linear and much more easy to understand. I think the jokes are funnier. Um, it's animated in the exact same style. You, you're like, they look like they're in the same universe. But it's a quick show. I think it's eight or ten half-hour episodes on Hulu. They're all up there. It's a very fun show. I binged through it super quickly. Uh, it was Hulu's most successful comedy uh, original that they had ever launched. So um, if you like Rick and Morty but want something that's less intense, um, I would say Solar Opposites is a great is a great show. I enjoyed it a lot. I definitely started watching it. I can't remember if I finished it or not. Yeah, the episodes just kind of blend together after a while, and you just sort of go through it. Oh, yeah. Just come out? Who yeah. is telling me I did, in fact, finish it? Yeah, uh, like two weeks ago. It's, it's pretty recent. Um, it's much better than what I'm watching now, which is 90 Day Fiance, which may be a future pick. But we'll talk about that another day, because that's embarrassing. Um, and I won't even tell you how many of those I've seen. Guys, that's it. We're at the end of the show. Is there anything you'd like to say or do? Teaser plug? Generally discuss? No. I, I got I got all the uh, networking nerdiness off my chest. <laughs> it was really weighing you down? Yeah, just wait. Next week, maybe, or the week after, I will have installed that thing that lets you set up and turn non-HomeKit devices into HomeKit devices. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. that i'm mm -hmm. excited about that you're gonna sell me on more yeah yeah, yeah. i i am really excited about it 
That's uh, I ser- seriously, Dan. I'm gonna have you come to my house and just like network the crap out of the place. <laughs> I've told you how many Wi-Fi devices I have. So yeah, you 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 need the dream machine, man. I, I need the nightmare machine is what I need because <laughs> that's what that's what I live. My poor router is I just, just I think sweat's pouring off of it. It's 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 working hard. Well, technically, the dream machine did not specify what sort of dream you'd be having. So yeah, my dream was to have way too many smart devices and I live it every day. Um, wonderful. Well, I think that's gonna gonna wrap us up here. Of course, StonePanic.io is our website. You can go there, check it out. We'll have the links to all the picks we just discussed, so you don't have to remember what the Unified Dream Machine is. We'll have a link there uh, with the audio and the video. And of course, uh, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The video versions on YouTube as well. And of course, you can get in contact with us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter or email us Don't Panic Show at gmail.com. We appreciate everyone who joined us live tonight. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.